Well, here we are from our Naples, Southwest Florida office. So here we are. Welcome to another week, and we're ready for Book Talk. So, Jenny, take it away. Good afternoon, everyone. Here we are in hot Southwest Florida, and welcome to Book Talk. And we hope I have um, a few minutes today, we'll talk about the top five hardcover fiction and nonfiction books on the most recent bestseller list. And I'm sure we'll have lots of other books to talk about as well. And Nolan, how are you today? Well, I'm here. I'm doing That's well. It's always a good start. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, when you, anytime you're above ground and vertical, you're doing okay, right? That's it. Um, so I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing well. Got a lot to talk about this week. <clears throat> Some of it may be... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how how it's received. I'm not sure. I'm kind of shooting in the dark here on some of these reviews because I've not sent them to my list yet. So usually I kind of do that as a trial ground to see if it's going to blow up the list. But uh, if it doesn't, then it's probably safe here too. But uh, some of these I haven't sent to the list as a to try out. So it'll be interesting. Um, can't complain really i'm doing well getting a lot of reading done so i will get a lot more reading done here than i do in indiana i'm sure of that i suspect yeah <clears throat> just a reminder first a heartfelt thanks to all the db review people who are here uh i love you i'm grateful for your presence you uh, do a lot to keep me <laughs> from making a fool of myself because I know when you're out there makes me want to try a little harder. Um, and secondly, just a quick reminder that on September 5, we will be reviewing or buddy reading identity by Nora Roberts. And <coughs> we put that in last week's book talk list, but um, we can relook up the number if we, if you need it. But again, that's, that's for the September 5th meeting. We have a day or two before then. And I can look it back up and put it on this week's list, but I sure because yeah, I think um, someone brought it to my attention that I left a book off last week. That was not intentional. It must have been the very end of the hour of my brain. It was the very end of the hour, and we were in a hurry, a bit of a rush. And I think, I think, I, I think that was Sarah Desai's "The Marriage Game," if I'm not mistaken. Um. I will go back oh, and add that to this. It was one. good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, we want to open it to the listeners, or do you want to take a shot, or do you want me to, to go crack at it? What would you like to do today? I don't care. I'm good. <clears throat> well, just so I don't, so that we don't lose the. Let's do these book reviews real sure. quick. That'd be great. That way I don't have to talk. Because <laughs> I you don't have to hear me hork and hack and talk. I have a bad, um, I always seem to get, we get so busy that then we don't do it. Right. Um, go ahead and, why don't you go ahead and take that first. This was for the week of August 13th. Um, hardcover fiction. Um, I just took the top five in the in their numerical order. Um, the number one in hardcover fiction's been on the bestseller list now for 12 weeks. And it's called Fourth Wing. And it's by Rebecca Yaros. Um, Violet Serenge. My computer's 
Violet Syringale is urged by the commanding Charles, stop it. I'm sorry. My computer is Zoom is babbling and is urged by the commanding general, who is also her mother, to become a candidate for the elite dragon riders. Number two is new this week, the first time on the list, and it's Light Bringer by Pierce Brown. It's the sixth book in the Red Rising series. Darrow goes on an interplanetary adventure in the hope of defending Bars from conquest by Lysander. And I know that Bard has some of the books in that series, but not this one yet. Also new this week was number three, Deadfall by Brad Thor. The 22nd book in the Scott Harvath series, when American aid workers are killed amid other atrocities in Ukraine, America's top spy is sent to set things right. Number four has been on the list for 64 weeks, which just amazes me, is our friend Lessons in Chemistry that we read before. I won't go through the the description of it, but the DB review number, DB number of it, if you want it, is 107538, DB107538. Number five has been on the list for 14 weeks, and it's called Happy Place by Emily Henry. A former couple pretend to be together for the sake of their friends during their annual outing and getaway in Maine. And that is DB114742. And for nonfiction hardcover, number one has been on the list for 15 weeks, and that is The Wager by David Grann, the survivor of a shipwrecked British vessel on a secret mission during an imperial war with Spain have different accounts of events. And that is DB113965. Number two has been on the list for 18 weeks, and it's Outlive the Science and Art of Longevity by Peter Asia with Bill Gifford. And that's a look at recent scientific research on aging and longevity. And that's DB114005. Number three has been on the list for three weeks. And it's uh, Beyond the Story. And I am not sure I can even say this author's name. It's by BTS and Myung Seok Kang. And it's an oral history of the K-pop group that is celebrating its 10th anniversary. Number four has been on the list for 51 weeks. And we've had this one before, too. I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And that's DB110152. And last but not least, number five has been on the list for two weeks. And that's uh, Blowback by Miles Taylor, the former chief of staff at the Department of Homeland Security, who revealed himself to be the author of A Warning, gives his take on where Trumpism might be headed. And those are the best sellers, the top five in 
hardcover fiction and nonfiction for this week. A lot to look forward to there. The Rebecca Yaros book, The Fourth Wing, is uh, very much a buzz in the Bookstagram community, so I'm told, and certainly BookTube, the folks over there are talking about it. Goodreads is talking about it. Interestingly enough, the podcast hosts whom I trust a lot with providing me with good recommendations are a little less than in love with it. Many of them talk about the fact that it is, I think Sarah at Sarah's Bookshelf talked about the extreme amount of sex in it. And this is fantasy. They're, they're referring to it as cozy fantasy, which is supposed to make you feel better about reading it. Uh, if you're terrified to read uh, Brandon Sanderson or some of those guys, allegedly this is supposed to make you feel better about uh, about reading cozy fantasy, but I I hear that I've not read the book, so I can't verify that the sex is pretty open door, and um, that's all I know uh, about that. And as for Brad Thor, I just automatically read anything he does. I I have enjoyed the Scott Harvath series for years, and uh, a lot of the stuff he writes about has eerie echoes in current headlines <laughs> so I enjoy this. for that reason i really enjoy his his stuff so that's a good list i'm always disappointed when i look at this list and see how many are not on barge yet yeah although you did really well today you got a fair number of them I mean, yeah i was surprised yeah <clears throat> there are a few but it's uh it's pretty impressive all right you want me to start out with a review or what's your fancy yeah, go ahead, and unless we have any hands, and I don't think we do yet. We do not. I need to have some kind of meeting off air with you and Bill to talk about what you're comfortable with me reviewing, because I'm never sure, and this book is an example of something that could be a concern, but isn't for me, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do the review, and then you can talk to me later about let's not ever do that again, or um, you're all done here. No, no worries about ever having to do anything like that again. I don't know, whatever. Or we can. It's going to be okay. I have no idea. I have been reading a fair amount of nonfiction oriented to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. One of the books I finished this week along that line is called Glimpses Beyond Death's Door. Again, that's Glimpses Beyond Death's Door. This is a fascinating book that quotes from men and women who have had near-death experiences. They are The vast majority, I would say 98% of them, are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Instead, they are just folks who have had uh, experiences like that. Now, there are, there are some quotes that are specific to that faith. Uh, they quote from uh, statements by Joseph Smith, by Brigham Young, um, people along those lines. The whole final chapter is devoted specifically to members of, of my church with regard to near-death experiences and, and the church's doctrine. If you're not a member, you could blow that off completely and not miss anything. I thoroughly enjoyed this book, however, and I thought that it was worthy to review here even though it has that kind of orientation, some of you will, will have a problem with that, maybe. The order number is DBC20600. <coughs> Pardon me again, DBC20600. The narration is better than average for that library. It's not stellar. 
Um, they have a, a state prison reading program, and so a lot of these guys are coming from the penitentiary, and uh, their reading skills can vary. This one is not terrible. Um, so let's talk about this. I think this book has merit for anybody who has a fascination with near-death experiences. Many of us do. Why do I say that? Because the authors quote extensively from near-death scholars like Kenneth Ring, who kind of is the granddaddy of near-death experience um, literature. They quote a lot from him. They quote from Melvin Morris, who is another NDE scholar, near-death experience scholar. As far as actual stories about people who have had near-death experiences, as I said, most of those are not members of, of my church. They are they're well-known in the world. Emanuel Swedenborg is one who, if you've studied near-death experiences at all, um, will be at the top of any scholarly list because he had a lot to say about it. He allegedly had multiple and numerous near-death experience kinds of things and wrote about them. Um, George Ritchie, Dr. George Ritchie, is quoted he wrote a book called Beyond Tomorrow, in which he outlined in great detail his personal near-death experience. And so, again, this is not specifically, not uh, wholly, completely given over to Restored Church of Jesus Christ uh, um, um, uh, uh, contributors. A lot of these folks, many of these folks are not. And so I really think anybody could, could read this and benefit somewhat from it, even if for no other reason than it would give you the name of a book about near-death experiences that you haven't read yet that you want to go out and run down, because they do quote heavily from lots of sources like that. Um, so the authors look at the beginning at why we study death at all, and of course their conclusion is we study it because it may terrify some of us. Uh, it may fascinate others of us. We just wonder, what's that going to be like? Um, still others have had an experience where, by virtue of medical uh, accident or some other unfortunate event, um, have died and come back and are, in some cases, willing to talk about that with those closest to them, sometimes a physician, sometimes a, a friend. Quite frankly, during the COVID years, I think I heard a lot about near-death experiences, people who were ventilated and who who had interesting experiences and came back from that and i think there's a lot of study going on in that arena um they they say studying death is really important since it's a gateway into eternal life in their perspective now i get that there are probably other christians who would kind of look at that and say oh i guess i can buy into that okay um the book looks at what a spirit is, which is a, an unclothed, a, a person without a body kind of thing. Um, most of the books, it, uh, quotes, talk about those spirits being shaped like human beings, by and large. Um, chapter 4 looks at the spirit body. What can it do? Uh, apparently, according to these near-death researchers, it has the ability to travel at great speeds, uh, in what ways are your memories enhanced? Well, they claim you have absolute perfect recall and an ability to perceive things far more elevated, in a far more elevated way than you currently do here. Um, the question that they raise is, if you died craving alcohol and cigarettes, will you still crave those beyond your death? According to Dr. George Ritchie, again, who is not a member of my faith, but who quote is quoted quite extensively in this book, 
The answer is yes. You uh, <laughs> that spirit that possesses your body in this life is going to be pretty much what it, what it's going to be like when you when you leave it. And so he talked about people who uh, frequented bars and and actually tried to snatch drinks off tables, but of course they could not because they were not embodied people. They were not mortals. They were disembodied. Um, other chapters focus on. Uh, the common core elements of a near-death experience, most people report going down a tunnel. Most people report seeing a light at the end or experiencing a tremendous encloakment of uh, supernal love from somewhere or someone. Americans say they saw Jesus. Uh, if you talk to an, an Indian, he or she might tell you that they saw a Hindu god, one of their gods. Whoever it is, it's a person of immense love and non-judgment and that's one of the core components of the experience <clears throat> chapter seven looks at at uh, descriptions of the spirit world uh norman vincent peel who again not a member of my faith but is a was a pastor a famous pastor in his own right taught his congregations that the spirit world is actually on our earth that it's not in some distant place in the sky he believed that based on an experience he had after the death of his mother and uh he goes into that. Um, there's some some sections in here about what it was like to come back. Almost everyone dealt with anger at coming back. They were unhappy that, that they had to do that. Some of them fell into extreme dark black depressions and had real difficulty clawing out of it. Every one of them fell into at least some kind of small depression after their return, but the vast, vast majority um, came back and found ways to, to be different than they were their lives change they become helpers they become more prone to volunteer <laughs> pardon me less prone to uh to want to be on wall street or one of those kind of things um one near-death experience person said he just couldn't stand the television because the commercials were so materialistic and silly and focused on things that are so unimportant that it drove him crazy and uh, he was after his experience. Before that, of course, it hadn't been a problem. Um, other chapters focus on divisions that exist in that place, apparently, according to these uh, experiencers. There apparently is uh, some kind of a hell place where there are those there who uh, paid little attention to, to sacred things in this life and, and therefore uh, had a, a difficult time once they got to that place. And uh, they describe that in this book. Um, meeting deceased friends and relatives is a common element in near-death experiences. And uh, there's a lot of good descriptions in here of people who have experienced that and have come back and talked about, yeah, hey, I saw my parents. It was really incredible. Didn't want to come back, but the folks told me I really had to go back and finish kind of stuff. Um, uh, also, reunions with longtime friends. It's not just limited to family. So if you had a close friend who died, and if you had a near-death experience, the odds are high that one of the folks you would have, people you would have perhaps seen would have been your, your close friend. So in terms of small children who have near-death experiences, they, interestingly enough, are often greeted by family pets and uh, who, who are, were kind to them and whom they loved and played with as, when they were little. Uh, one little girl said she got to play with her dog who had fallen, who had been put to sleep. Another little girl said that a very kindly lamb approached her, would not let her touch it, 
but it guided her back into her earthly body so that she could continue on with her life. So, one chapter looks at the near-death experience of those who commit suicide, and uh, that's an interesting chapter that I recommend. Most all of them who came back realized that the, the, the suicide attempt would have solved absolutely nothing, that the problems that they left behind in mortality uh, didn't go away. <laughs> Pardon me. That probably gives you a pretty good, um, a pretty good uh, uh, understanding of the book. Uh, again, I realize who it's targeted toward, and I apologize to the folks who own the channel if that makes you in any way uncomfortable. There's enough enough material in here, however, to uh, I think be of interest to anyone who has an interest in near death experience kinds of things. Again, that's called glimpses beyond death's door. <coughs> the authors are Brent L. Top T O P. Brent is conventionally spelled, and Wendy C. Top W E N D Y. This is a husband and wife writing duo. Again, the number, if you want to download it or order it, is DBC20600. Very good. We'll let you pause there for just a second. Yeah, I, I can't speak <laughs> for Jennifer, but I can say I don't have a problem with it as long as people respect other people's religions and do that. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem whatsoever, no. and I don't take it as a religion type thing. So <coughs> I didn't write to you subject. in advance, and I should have, and, and oh, I just wanted okay, to make sure that it's, it's okay. And, I, I'll uh, let Jenny speak for herself, but <laughs> I don't have a problem with okay. it. There's All too right. many other things that I have to worry about, and that's Matter not more. one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, do you have a problem? I don't. I don't, I don't have a problem with it either because I I find the topic fascinating, actually, because there was a, um, a movie that I watched a long time ago about um, people that had had near-death experiences, and one of the, the gentlemen in that movie was in an operation. And he died on the operating table, and he talked about how he floated up above the operating table, mm -hmm. and he saw what the physicians were doing and the, the instruments that they were using and where they put them on his body. And, mm -hmm. and after he came back, after the surgery, he was able to prove it because he told them what, what they did to him. Amazing, yeah. That's kind of it was. Uh, that's kind of creepy, but it's in a way it's kind of cool to think about. But a lot of the people in that movie talked about their spirit, like floating up above or mm -hmm. and seeing a, a bright light or yes, coming that's to real a, common. Yeah, coming to a gate. Let's see if we can. We've had some Zoom issues this week, so let's hope we don't hear. But. Uh, Kathy, you should be able to unmute yourself and talk to us. I'm here. You did it. Hey, well it worked. <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess though. I guess though, as we get ready, to, as we get ready to listen to Kathy, kind of the way I would see it, and nobody asked me, and I probably don't get vote anyway. Oh, but if well, I did, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Of if course. I did, that's the point of this show: is everybody reads 
all sorts of different books. And I okay. mean, you, somebody right. may say, well, I don't like that book. Or I like <laughs> that book. Exactly. I personally, I personally was fine with it because like Jennifer, I'm kind of fascinated with it, but mm-hmm. I, I, we all read different things. And exactly. just because you may not like one book, you may see one 10 minutes later. Well, I do love that one. I want so, that. Yeah. I got to have you that know, one. That's Absolutely. the way it goes. Well, thank Kathy, you for that. What's yes. up? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, this, this past week I read the marriage game and it was reported to be a really funny book, but I thought it was the stupidest book I ever read. <laughs> oh, that was my fault. Cause I told you it was going to be really funny. I know. I and I'm like, what, what the <laughs> oh, heck? Sorry. But uh, I did down, download this glimpses thing and I'm going to read it. Yeah, you'll but, enjoy you know, it. I, I'm widowed and, my husband, after he died, he used to come and visit me sometimes. I've heard that in more and than one place. Yeah. He came to visit me, and every time I would say, Harry, I miss you. And a couple months later, he'd come back. Yeah. And the very, very, very last time, um, I had gotten a cat a couple months before that. Mm-hmm. And he was standing so close to me that I, I knew he was there. I could smell sure. him. Sure. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I said, Harry, I miss you, but I, I'm going to be okay. He was out of there. Gone. He's yeah. not been back since, man. Isn't that fascinating? He was just waiting for me to say, I'm going to be okay. Give him permission to move forward, yeah. yeah. I wish I would have told him I missed him a few more times, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, that doesn't I, go away. But this I was really cool goes. that I said that right around yeah. Christmas, just yeah. before Christmas, he came yeah. to see me, and I told yeah. him I'd be okay. I'm all right. So anyway, yeah, I'm interested in this book. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Oh, I, I know I will. Yeah. I, I think mean, it's I interesting. Ask, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jenny. <laughs> I think I'm it's done. interesting because I think there's ghosts, and I think they look out for us. Now, this and book actually addresses the concept of a guardian angel. Do we have one? Do we not? Oh, um, cool! Again, the quotes, some of the some of the material they use are, is oriented toward the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So, you're going to have to just blow off that which doesn't matter to you and say, "Oh, well, that's interesting uh, that they believe that." Okay, I'm going to move on to the next paragraph or whatever. Um, well, since I'm a member, I'll drink the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but yeah, this the whole. The, the book in general is fascinating because the experiences, most of them, as I said, are are not members of my church, and they they get quoted a lot in other books. Doctor Ritchie's book Beyond Tomorrow is very famous as a near death experience book, and uh, and why not? Remember Nolan? We used to run some promos on the legend. Oh, the the I end. love those. And but remember, <laughs> I had a staff member complain yes, because you did. I mean. What in those commercials were coming out that was spewing hatred or... Right, that's well, just the I mean, opposite. Either These, I don't hear very well or whatever, yeah. but my ears yeah. did perk up when Kathy mentioned a cat, and we know how much you love cats, <laughs> so I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't ban those. That would cause me to not visit again, I'm sure a cat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just did you, did you say, Kathy? You had a question be, yeah. while we're rambling on here. Oh, she must not have. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That's that's uh, it, it. It was a fun book, and it's fairly short. It's like seven hours. Um, well, when we start suppressing, oh, twelve things hours. On sorry, here, twelve yeah. hours. That's when I'm going to get worried. When we start suppressing, we're not we're not that type of people. Oh. I appreciate that. I I should have talked to you first. And no. 
I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to fling it out there and... No. <laughs> Well, the idea is to encourage people to read all kinds of things. You're going to have to do better than that, Nolan. So. <laughs> and, sometimes, and sometimes it's a good idea to read something that makes you a little uncomfortable. It is. Never hurts. So well, 12 uh, hours, though, Nolan. I, I downloaded a book last week, and I forget uh-huh. what the title was. I have to go look, uh-huh. but it was 54 and a half hours. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. You are amazing. That's wow. Whoa. Did you read it all? I have not read it yet, but I have it downloaded. Oh, my word. Well, Jenny, before we did I read War and Peace one year, and I can't remember who read it with me. I can't remember. This was one of the DB Review people. may have been Sherry Gomes, but I don't know. Sherry Wells, maybe. Anyway, somebody, and I think Don got roped in that. (laughs) (laughs) That thing was a 60-hour phenomenal experience. Just... uh, I don't know if I could do long books like that anymore. I worry about whether I cognitively have what it takes. You know, it's funny. I usually, if if it's shorter than eight hours, I usually don't read it. Really? The longer the better, she says. Isn't that <laughs> fascinating? But see, now, if you, if you have one of the uh, book players, you know, like from the mm-hmm. NLS, mm-hmm. you can speed those up, and then it Absolutely. would quite be 50-some hours. Might that's be right. Shorter. That makes it more livable, more doable. Yeah. yeah. But I, that's just interesting, because usually, as a rule, if it says it's... Now, I might... Sometimes I've done a seven-hour book. Interesting. If it's if it's less than that, I usually... Isn't that fascinating? Huh. Well, good for you. That's impressive. I suppose that's an interesting question to throw out to the listeners. Do you do you like? Does it matter to you, or do you like long or short books? That is a fascinating question. It is okay. long book. I used to I used to do okay with long books, and these days, the last couple of years, I've gravitated toward the between six and nine hour ones. <laughs> so, well, oh. especially I don't mind it so much from Bard, but if I'm looking on Audible, I try to get the longest book I can. Oh, find absolutely! In that case, you better believe it. You need to pay for that long book and that credit. Yeah, but but usually no, even Bard, it's it's at least a seven hour book. Good for you. That's very impressive. And it has to do with character development and things mm-hmm. like that. I think. Gosh, let's bring on. There, I just hit. Randy, if you want to unmute, you should be good to go. For one for one, let's see if we're going to go two for two. Hi. Hey, two for two. (laughs) Um, Well, when it comes to book length, I love a long book, especially if it's it's a a good, well-written story with good character development. But I'm funny because I'll do... The longer books in the in the winter, when there's nothing else to do and it's too cold to go anywhere, and that's when I love to just curl up with a good long book. In the summer, I like lighter beach reads, and it doesn't matter. They can be ten or twelve hours, fifteen hours, or six hours. I just but the longer books I love to do in the winter, like Ken Follett. Um, his books are good long ones, mm-hmm. um, and some of the other. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now, but that was one that popped into my head, like the Pillars of the Earth, Earth series. <coughs> I read that in the winter. 
(laughs) Very cool. I read uh, Crime and Punishment in 2008 when I had uh, uh, kidney stones. And, oh, that was a bad association. I will never again think of that book, but what I think of the horrendous pain of a of a kidney stone. And it's, it's funny how you associate events with books sometimes. It was a long yeah. time, too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how you associate. I can remember what book I was reading when I moved out of my parents' house mm-hmm. and started my first job. And I just, I can remember just, Different. I associate different books with different times in my life. It's interesting. Let's go to Gil. I'll bet he wants to talk about this topic. I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, I do. I. Uh, okay. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I I prefer shorter books. I I like knowing uh, and try to gravitate to the six to nine hour. Yeah. Uh, book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I have read long books. Uh, years ago, I read Ulysses. Oh, good for you. Jeez. I, I read The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. I think that's oh, over man. a thousand pages. I don't yeah, that was, know how many. That was a doorstopper. Yeah. Yeah. So, But uh, now I tend to, to gravitate towards the shorter books. And, um, and I like short chapters. I like books with short chapters. Yeah, that uh, is helpful, isn't it? James Patterson uh, mm-hmm. seems to be the master of the short chapter, and uh, uh, I don't know what what it is about my elder personality that makes me want to uh, get done with this book and move on to the next one. But uh, I, I, that seems to be the way I am now. I so, agree. Anyway, yeah. thank you. Don is up next. Hey, Don. Okay, I think it's really interesting that, Nolan, you talk about loving short books because you also claim you don't love short stories. That's right. Um, it's odd that way. So that's very strange to it me. It is odd, yeah. I really, and the, here's the the other thing that's odd. I love a good short story, but I would, if I had to pick, I mean, I'll read short, long, whatever. But if you said to me, well, you've got to pick either all short or all long, I would go with all long. Because I love the character development in a well-written. Now, if it's long and it needs editing, then I have a problem. Now, we'll have to see after November 7th. We'll have to see if my opinion changes because Barbara Streisand's book, which is a little bit over under a thousand pages, she was trying to aim at a thousand twenty four, and it was like nine ninety two. It's forty seven hours on the audio book. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and when I found out that she was doing the narration, I didn't know the length, and I said, "Well, that's Barbara Streisand. I can't speed her up. That's disrespectful. She's oh. meant too much." Well, I don't know. I got to figure out whether the 47 hours so if i don't review anything i'll probably not start reading it till after christmas if i can withhold i don't know if i'll be that good but um (laughs) but then i may not review anything till april and that's why (laughs) but i also want to mention i read a wonderful book that you cannot get on bard yet hopefully it will be because there's other books by this author this is a book called return to valletto i think it's v-e-l-l-e-t-o and the author is dominic smith this is a book 
it's, he's a professor uh, in the United States, and his family is Italian. And he is his mother passes away and leaves him um, a, a cottage or the family. There's a little village called Valletta, which doesn't doesn't exist. You know, it's a fictional town, but it's it's an old town that is that really almost is no more. There are maybe ten people living in the town, and five of them are his. He has three aunts, and he has a grandmother that lived there. And his mother leaves him the cottage that's associated with the villa where they live, and he goes there to spend his summer vacation or his sabbatical, and. He, when he gets there, he discovers that there is another woman who claims that the patriarch of the family has actually left the cottage to her. Oh, dear. And so there's a little controversy going on over who yeah. owns this cottage. Yeah. And what ultimately, and I'm not giving anything away that, that you won't find out early, you find out that there is a whole story around his mother's life that he never knew and it really un it unwraps over the course of the book and the impact that this that these few days in particular have had on the mother and the family. It is a wonderful book. The, I gave it four stars on Goodreads. I haven't written a review yet, but um, the only reason it didn't get five stars is that after that first chapter, I wasn't sure I wanted to keep going. And I'm, I kept going, and I'm really glad I did. But then I thought, well, I was tired when I read the first chapter. Maybe that's why. However, other people are now commenting on the book, and several people said, boy, am I glad I waited past chapter one. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. There's other people that are having that reaction. There are some Dominic Smith books on Bard, none of which I've read, but this Return to Valletto, I'll have to check the spelling and get it to you because I'm not sure about whether 1L or 2Ls, but um, but it's really wonderful. I read it in Braille. I read it from Bookshare, but I read it in Braille, and I couldn't wait to read it, and I almost ended up late for work one day. Thank God I set an alarm because <laughs> I didn't want to stop, and it's a good thing that the first client that called me was a client I love to work with, or I might have been really annoyed with the, how dare you call me on read. So, but yeah, that's a book, book worth considering. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's a great review. Let's bring on Joni is next, and then Pierre, you're up after her, so uh, you can start unmuting. Joni, go ahead. Hi, everyone. Um, it's Joni, and um, I haven't been here for several weeks. I've been in the hospital, but I'm home now. Anyway, I have a question about a book that Jennifer mentioned several weeks ago, and I never got the author or the number, and I tried to look for it, but I couldn't find it. So the title is I Invited Her In, Yes, and it sounded like the book that I would absolutely love to read. So can someone please tell me the, uh, mm. the book number and the author? You have to, it's, I think the author was Lucy Foley, wasn't it? No, it was. No, uh, no Adele Parks. That's Adele right. Parks, that's her. Adele Parks. Adele and Parks. I've got it on, I don't think Bard has it's it. It's not on I Bard. Got it, I got it on oh, Bookshare or Audible. Oh, okay. But Bookshare I, I has have it. Bookshare. 
If you have Bookshare, oh, okay. it's on Bookshare for sure. Oh, thank you so much. And can can you spell the the author's last name? It's Parks. P A R K S. Oh, okay. Thank you so much because I've been waiting for weeks to call in. Oh gosh. And. Oh. Because I remember when she talked about it. It is a great book. Oh, it's a creepy book. It's like my, my kind of book. Yeah, it's very Okay, well, book. thanks, everybody, and I'm right. glad to be back. Good to have you here. Pierre, come on in. Well, long book, short book, it doesn't make any difference to me, simply for the reason because I could not belong to a book club. Because once I read a book, you try to discuss it with me three days later, and I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> and, and so uh, I just uh, get them no matter how long they are, put my player on as fast as it will go, and I'll read it. <laughs> I, I really like me. Enjoy it. I really enjoy it while yeah. I'm reading it. I yep. love it. Yep. As soon as I'm finished with it, I you can't remember a thing about yep. it. <laughs> I can relate to that. That's kind of how it is for me. If I didn't write a review, I wouldn't know I'd ever read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes books stick in your mind, you know. Like some of them do. Yeah. Some, some, of them do some of them don't. Yeah, there's one or two like The Tower. Uh, <clears throat> that book sticks in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've read it two or three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, But most books, once I've read it, I forget. I can relate, Pierre. I'm I'm a lot the same way. Let's bring on Sherry. Sherry, you should be able to unmute. Okay. There she is. So, first of all, I love long books. The longer, the better. Oh, man. And it's probably why Haven was longer than the supposed appropriate romance genre book length. Oh. Um, but I was going to talk a little bit about something else. Recently, for the last maybe about four months, I've been working with my regional library. I still have a talking book record player. Nice. And I gave my regional talking book library a list of books that you can't get on Bard mm-hmm. or that were recorded by different authors, either or narrators, either on cassette or on Bard. Mm-hmm. from what I read them. And I have been very joyfully working my way through a lot of old records. Good for you. And hearing, you know, William Gladden and Jim oh. Walton and yes. Milton Metz and people oh. like that. Isn't that I'm great? I'm surprised they still give those out. I know. They, they do if you beg and plead. Sherry, what state do you live in? I live in California. They have okay. to get them from the multi-state. So I think okay. they get them from Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book I just finished reading was When Michael Calls by John Ferris. Um, and it is available from Audible. I don't know if it's on book here or Kindle. But it's a, it was five records at 16 speed <laughs> and read by Jim Walton. And it's kind of a thriller about this somebody pretending to be a boy who died 16 years before the story started and terrorizing the woman who was his aunt and other people that were in that person's life. And I can't say too much without it, uh, without spoiling who it really was, but it's sort of edge on your seat excitement and also, um, really good character and set in it's set in this 
village and the, the author just really brings that to life. And it seems like it's somewhere like Missouri because they talk about St. Louis go, driving there. Mm-hmm. And Jim Walton's voice is just the right voice He's for fantastic. that environment yeah. and that All setting. That. Yeah. So it's really, you can still get those books if anybody ever is just dying to hear something that <laughs> you just can't get from Bard now. Or, you know, I could get When Michael Calls from Audible, right. but I want to hear it read by Jim Walton. Of course, yeah. So The, prob- the problem with that, Nolan, with that record player, she can't speed up that record player. like Not easily. That's the, you're right. I, that would be a problem. <laughs> I could. I could speed. There is a variable speed no, control. That's true. There probably is. They, they did yeah. have a variable speed control yeah. on them. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. You just got to do chipmunk instead of uh, this <laughs> stuff we're used to. But. No I just listen so. to it at regular speed. So. <laughs> Makes sense. Because Jim Walton has one of those voices that you want to listen to. Yes, yeah, to savor yeah. every word. It's Very been cool. Really great. I'll bet that's great. I can't give up the bookmark, so or the <laughs> <laughs> technology has me hooked. This so, is a man of the time. <laughs> and yeah. I we like have uh, while well, Bill's talking, we have Don. Don, if you okay. want to start unmuting, go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to say the longer the book, the better, and. Jenny and I both like them at normal speed. I don't know. It must be something wrong with our brains or the water or something here because we don't like them sped up. Isn't that interesting? And I don't know why. See, see, you know, in our house, we both speed them up. Oh, I have to. Uh, I literally have to. I can't speed Uh, anything up. When my mind wanders, I just, uh, yeah. Wow. I don't even like it. Hey, Don. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not too great about speeding it up either. Uh, he, either am I. I can't process it as well if I. Isn't you know, that interesting? Super fast. But if you, Don, uh, if you're reading a book like the one that I had said that was 54 hours and something, or Nolan had one that was 60 hours, you'd spend a lot of time reading that book if you didn't long, speed it up. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A it long. better be a good book, or I've wasted a lot of hours. For uh, <laughs> if it isn't a good book, Don, that's just time you can't have back, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Well, uh, this month I have a, a book here from our book club that we read. It was called uh, Then She Was Gone. This is by uh, Lisa Jewell, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the narrator was uh, Helen Duff. Uh, not familiar with her, but she does a good Irish accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, yeah. Yeah, the DB is uh, 93135, and uh, yeah, I'll try and make this short as to what, what the book is about. Uh, this woman named Laurel Mack, uh, she has, uh, she had a son and a daughter. I think that's the son was, the son of the, the first son and daughter were older. And then she had another young daughter that was young and she was pretty smart. Well, so anyway, she, somebody got the bug at her about her math. So she had her mother get her a, a math teacher. Well, the math teacher turned out to be a little weird. And so the girl was kind of weirded out by that. She says, Mom, I don't need any of this new math or this math anymore. So uh, they fired uh, this lady. Her name was Noelle. And anyway, this uh, Noelle, she she a few weeks later met the young girl. I forget what her name was right offhand. Enticed her into her house, and uh, she entrapped her there. 
uh, with the uh, intention of, for some reason, she wanted to uh, have a, she wanted the girl to have a baby by this other man, supposedly by this other man. Uh, she actually got the makings from the internet uh, with the man part, and then uh, she, you know, she artificially inseminated into the girl, and of course, uh, you know, the baby came to term, and then so she gave the baby to this man she'd been having relations with, and uh, the girl, she just allowed the girl to die. And anyway, so, you know, it starts to get a little creepy about that Ooh, point. Man, wow. Wasn't her name Anna? Her name was Anna. Well, Anna was the, that was the older Anna. daughter. Oh. Uh, now, yeah. that was the older daughter. But anyway, so eventually she, uh, Noelle, uh, the strange lady, she pointed that out to her lover at that point because uh, uh, the young girl was staying more with, the lover and and his family than she was with with Noel, and she was kind of getting jealous about that. Well, they got into an argument about it, and uh, things happened there, which you'll have to read the book to find out what happened. But, I haven't got that far yet. It's, yeah, we. I don't want to give it away to Sandy either. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and so, anyway, it's kind of a creepy book in some ways, but it's good. Yeah, Noel is weird. Yeah, yeah she certainly <laughs> certainly was that. Well, anyway, so that's, uh, I think, as much of the story as I dare tell, but it, it's a good read. It's about 10 hours, 14 minutes. And what's the title again? Then She Was Gone. And it's Lisa Jewell, J-E-W-E-L-L. Pardon? Oh, it's Lisa Jewell, J-E-W-E-L-L. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, anyway, so when the girl disappeared, the family kind of fell apart. Uh, the, the, her two older uh, siblings went off and did their thing, and her husband went off and did his thing. <laughs> and uh, the cat, uh, there was a cat in the family. It finally passed away from old yeah, age. Yeah, the kitty died. Uh, yeah, yeah, so she was by herself there. When she meets up with this uh, strange fellow who's good at mathematics, well, it turns out that there's a connection and so you know like i say i, I don't know as i better stay say more about it at that point but it's an it's all right good. book it's a good book <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty good right all right thank you thank you guys all righty will the tornado come before we go off the air i hear the sirens going off nice <laughs> so that's scary stuff we hope <laughs> the power stays on yeah well, well, we have about five minutes. I so go ahead, Jenny. That's okay. the way Florida is in the thunderstorm. Um, there's a couple that I wanted to talk about real quick, and um, it's called one of them. The first one is called Deceptions, and then they're both by Judith Michael, and the um, it's about two. Okay, this doesn't sound... It's about identical twins, Sabrina and Stephanie. Sabrina is is an art dealer, and she lives in London, and she has kind of a carefree life. She runs around with all of the high society people, and, and Stephanie is a suburban housewife. Well, and she's having trouble in her marriage, 
And the girls, when they were little, used to play this game where they would switch identities. They would they would tell kids at school they were the opposite child, the opposite girl, and things like that. So they decide that to spice up their lives, they're going to trade lives for a week. So Sabrina goes to Stephanie's house, and Stephanie goes to Sabrina's house. Now, you have to suspend belief a little bit because somehow or another, I couldn't, the only thing I couldn't really believe about this book is that Stephanie's husband has no idea that it is not his wife. And I don't, I, that part I didn't quite believe. But anyway, so they, she, Sabrina falls in love with her, with Stephanie's husband, and Stephanie enjoys the high life, and they go out on a boat, and the boat explodes, and they can't find Stephanie. So Sabrina has to tell Stephanie's husband what they did in this first book, and that's where it ends, where she tells him what they did because she thinks that that Stephanie is long dead. But you find out in the second book, which is called A Tangled Web, that she wasn't dead. She just had to recover, and she comes back to try to... She thinks she's going to salvage her life and get her life back. So that's Deceptions is DB216135. And the Tangled Web is DB39474. And they were both really good books. You have to read the second one after you read the first one. Very cool. So do we have time for one more? Well, we'll, About a minute and a half. Yeah, go ahead. We'll do it, and if we go off the air, we just go off the air. Okay. I can keep this super quick, I promise. Uh, Don't worry about it. This is short, and it's a lovely book. It's called Stories of Young Pioneers in Their Own Words. The author is Violet, V-I-O-L-E-T, middle initial T, last name Kimball, K-I-M-B-A-L-L. Um, this is a compilation of journals, letters, and uh, other writings of young people who were part of the great American migration west in the 1840s. Whether it was the Mormon Trail, whether it was the Cali- the, uh, the Trail to California, or Oregon, those were the three destinations the author focuses on here, and she includes letters and writings of these young pioneers, uh, these young children, young people, t- teenagers, and sometimes kids as young as seven and eight, who kept diaries and other things uh, regarding their various migrations. Um, the majority of these kids were, the writers, were part of the Mormon Trail migration because of the culture of that organization encouraging people to keep her personal records. However, there's lots of California and Oregon stuff in here, too. Particularly is uh, excellent is the writings of Catherine Sager. She was an extremely famous member of the Oregon Trail group who went across with Marcus Whitman and her diary is is in there, words from her. What's fascinating about this book is some of these accounts just want to, will break your heart. 
um, these pioneer teenagers arrive in the Valley of the Great Salt Lake. They've walked for a thousand miles from Council Bluffs, Iowa, um, in bare feet. And so when they get there, their feet are literally covered with blood and and dust, uh, alkali. And it takes a great deal of, of recovery to, to even get well from things like that. Um, there, are, there are experiences where these kids had to cast aside books, favorite books, favorite musical instruments, just in order to lighten up the load so that they could get across the various planes. They learned how to sacrifice. Um, they became acquainted with nature. One nine-year-old writes about a Nebraska storm so fierce that the wagons had to be chained to one another to keep them all from tipping over. Um, they were a resilient group. In their journals, they write about joy that they found in in the nature around them, in the the flowers, in the the herds of buffalo they saw, and uh, it was a, it's a pretty impressive book in terms of their resilience. Um, they dealt with death, of course, and with disease, lots of cholera, especially in the Oregon Trail group. Um, pioneer parents whose kids were redheaded were, had to be particularly careful around the Native Americans because they were fascinated by that red hair, and they wanted those girls at, at any and all cost. And if they couldn't t- bargain for them with horses, they would attempt to forcibly take them from the, the family. So these families had to, some in some cases, hide their daughters until the the encounter was over. Um, I appreciated those kids who wrote those those journal entries. They were some of them were fun and uh, some of them were heartbreaking. But it's a great book, and um, I worry about our day. A lot of today's young people could be keeping journals and histories, and I'm not sure that they really are. Again, this is called Stories of Young Pioneers. In their own words, by Violet T. Kimball, DBC 14252. And that wraps it from here. All right. Thank you, Nolan. And we'll be back next week. I'm on the way to pull the plug on the legend and make the changes. So next week we will have spots during the show, but we'll run them at the first. Only we'll take four minutes, but it's got to be done for the yep. our survival. Sure. So, All right. See you then. Enjoy have the week, everyone. Thank take you, care. Gary. Recording stopped. Thank have a good week, everybody.